Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and make him the beerist that I've ever seen. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and we are continuing this week, this time, who knows, we could be dreaming. This week we are continuing uh, The Sandman by Neil Gaiman by reading The Sandman, Volume 2, The Doll's House, Electric Boogaloo, and someone's starting with a beer. This is also about dreams. And, you know, sometimes dreams are about what you see, and sometimes they're about what we don't see. Oh, I sprayed it everywhere. This is what that we don't see. That happens in some kinds of dreams, actually. Yes. They didn't have a nocturnal emission ale, but they do have what we don't see, an imperial stout from KCBC, and it's uh, 9.0% magnum hops. It's bigger. They're the girthy hops. I can barely get my mouth around it. That is way more bitter than I expected. So, like, is it like licking an ashtray? Is it that kind of a stout? No, it's not. Um, it's not smoky. It's like we really malty, like mm. wildly. Uh, but no, it's not that ashtray one that sometimes they get. It is very bitter, like a West Coast IPA level bitter. So it's like the city of Valletta, very malty. Oh, God, I couldn't tell you a single place. So, yeah, <laughs> it's the capital sure. of Malta. <laughs> <laughs> Take your word for it. <laughs> it's where the tiny dogs come from. Um, so Nate thinks those dogs are a tease. <laughs> 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 so this second volume is a collection of issues 9 through 16 of the original run of Sandman. And uh, it's called The Doll's House, which is which they seem to have been kind of Named that from the beginning. Like it was this, this episode, this episode in the Sandman it's a chunk. And to help us explore this, we brought Super Fan Eli into the into the dreaming realm here, who has read this before. It's actually my third time reading it. Does it make more sense eventually? No, but it <laughs> is kind of like trying to tell someone a dream when you wake up in the morning, mm. and you say like, "Oh." I had the craziest dream and you start talking about it and you realize you forgot half of it and it's not as good as it seemed when you were experiencing it the first time because you just leave out a lot of details. And then you end with, and then I found a dollar. That's it. So are you saying this but isn't as good as it time, was the first time? <laughs> what I did do differently is I listened to the, the Audible oh. cast recording, hmm. which was actually really good. And it was also good because the Neil Gaiman does the narration and he adds a lot more context. He just he goes off script. It's not just the text that's in the, the graphic novel. Do they describe oh. the pictures? He does. He does. Huh. I was wondering as I you know, he wrote he wrote the comic book or the graphic novel, whatever we're calling it. But other people illustrated. There are a whole bunch of artists and pencilers and inkers and stinkers. But he wrote it and he must have had like it's clear from the way the dialogue bubbles work, like he had sort of you know, sketched out how he wanted the panels to lay. So I wonder how he delivered that to the artists, you know? Like, here's the the bubbles, but, like, here's how I want you to lay this page out. And he must have been involved in that part of the process, too. So maybe that information was recorded in some way, like almost like a script for the, for the you know, comic book artist guys. Like, this yeah, would be I a really he, big panel on the left <laughs> that overlaps well, with this Well, he worked with a bunch of artists. The only, for the whole, this, so all the books of this first set, the only consistent artist was the cover artist. Everything else, 
And as you go through them, you'll see like the styles are different. Uh, Morpheus looks different from, you know, one book to the other. Um, they just took a lot of liberties with, with the style. But I mean, I've only read this in the, the one we just did before this. And yeah. already this, like the art style is very different at points. Yep. Like, yep. like man, they, sometimes it looks almost like really traditional comic book kind of stuff. Like what comic books look like in the 80s. And other times it's like bizarre fucking nightmare shit, which I guess is appropriate. They do have the guy named Xylocon all the time, or whatever his name is. Who is that one? I don't fucking remember who that one is. He's, he's, maybe he's like a colorist or something, but he's on a lot of them. I just, because his name is silly and I don't understand that. Well, this one has Mike Dringenberg, which was the unsuccessful competitor to Hindenburg, <laughs> Malcolm Jones, the third. Chris Bacalao, the soup guy, or whatever the Bacalao, is Bacalao like That's a fish a cod, dish? It's a salted cod, yeah. Michael Zuli, Steve Parkhouse, and Dave McKean. Steve McQueen's adopted son. <laughs> <laughs> he refused to give him his name. And then a bunch of pencilers, which it sounds like an insulting name for accountants, and then inkers. And all I could think of is, remember in Chasing Amy, when... Um, it was Ben Affleck and um, Jason Lee had their, you know, Blunt Man and Chronic comic. And the guy was like, so you just, he does all the drawing and you just trace it, right? He's like, I'm like no, I fucking ink it. And then like, they get into a fight and he's like, I'll fucking trace a lo- chalk line around your dead body. Is that when he's strangling the guy? All right. So I forget entirely how the last one ended, but basically it was like he just got freed and got revenge of some he, sort. He uh, found all of his goodies. Oh yeah, yeah. His, his and he took his place as king of the dream world again, or something. And then this one starts with a random story about some vaguely, you know, African queen, and you're like, okay, that happened. Uh, yeah, and it's the whole <laughs> issue. The whole issue is just this one story that you doesn't even you halfway through you see it connects a little bit, but then that's it anyway. So it's some like I I do not know how. Accurate or PC, this would be these days, but it's uh, in a desert in Africa, and there's an older guy and a younger guy, and it's clearly some like you know, welcome to manhood ritual where he's like, here's a story the men tell each other while they get their bris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just they talk about his recent circumcision and his aching foreskin, and he's walking through a desert. Like he's not going to get an infection or something. Yeah, he's got well, sand it's the dry heat. Wound. It's gonna, it's gonna totally. dry out that wound. <laughs> and uh, he but also he's black, so it's a five skin. Size. The older guy tells him, "Go out in the desert and find, find a thing. You'll know yeah. it when you see it." He's like, "I hope it's the rest of my penis. It's not going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone, son." It's not. It's a piece of glass uh, in the shape of a heart. Because I guess that song was big at the time. It's and the then, heart of the desert, the very unsuccessful follow-up to the Titanic treasure hunter guy. <laughs> the heart of the ocean is really a cool. A lot less drowning in this one. A yeah. lot less ice. <laughs> um, so, so then he like, okay, here is the, city, here is the story from millions of years ago. No, hundreds of years ago, there's a there's a, there's a little kingdom, and there's a queen, and she's lonely, and she dreams she's of... She's really also hot. very hot. 
So hot, like desert hot. <laughs> sun is into her. Like the sun's in love with her. That's how hot she is. And, mm. Interesting. She's quite attractive to everybody, but <laughs> Wait, she uh, you know, won't she like take a husband milk? or won't bother, you know, getting married to any of the local local dudes. And then one night, she has a dream, or she she doesn't know it's a dream. But uh, standing at the at her tower, very like you know Romeo and Juliet style. There's a there's a man, and she sees him, and she's like, oh my god! But then he leaves. And she she can't she can't find him. And the next day, she tells all her you know advisor people go you know go out and find my man. <laughs> Get me that dick. But they can't. He's disappeared. They don't know where he is. But she just like loves. She has no idea why. Uh, am I really going to describe every single panel? Okay. No, no. But she's like just really loves. Through, she's like, because want, are you asking us to cut ahead? Like, she wants that dick. She's like she sees him in the dead of night, and his dick casts a shadow. Still, she's like, I need that. She scours the kingdom, and there's like, no. So naturally, she turns to like an emo, emu, not emo. It's not like listening to Desperate Confessional. It's like the bird, an emu god. It's like, yeah, I'll find him. I'll do it. So he could be, you know, we'll figure it out. They are good at finding things. And so then for. there's like old fucking bird wisdom <laughs> gets used, and uh, they find a pebble thing, and not eventually she can't, she finds out that it's like the fucking, she can't be with the guy. Not possible. So the emu goes out and finds finds her man, but and then you realize that it's the king. The birds ask all the other birds to go out and find him. Oh yeah, there you go. And it's the the little uh, some some tiny bird that comes back and says, "Oh, oh yeah, he fed me some grain or something. He was nice to me." The weaver I, bird. He's got a big dick. Confirm. He landed on it. <laughs> So, what's her name? Nada. Definitely finds dream in a dream. So, I've got a beer for that. This is called Blueberry Peach Cobbler Dream. See what I did there? It's like you've done no. this before. What, what did you do? This is from Burley Oak, and it is a sour ale with a blueberry, peaches, vanilla, cinnamon, brown sugar, and lactose. And it is a very low 4.8% alcohol. Practically water. <laughs> wow. It's good. It's really good. It is very tart. But a little bit of peach. It's basically kind of like, imagine a peach that was really not ripe. You know, hard as a rock. That's kind of how this would taste. <laughs> okay. So, Nada, Queen Nada, or Princess, or whatever her name is. Finds Morpheus, finds Dream in the dream. That was actually the man of her dreams. And she, like, swallows a, like, really hot thing. <laughs> like, it burns her throat and somehow manages to find him. And then there's this whole other... It's like you can't be with him. He's not of this world. Yeah. It's just not meant to be. And well, then the she King, kills herself. Well, the Bird King warned her that he's not a man. He's not, he's not of this earth. So and said that it shouldn't happen. So he gave her the heads up that it was a bad idea, and she went with it anyway. I am going to fuck that. And so they do. They bang, and then her city explodes. And she's like, oh, that's that, how that much sucks. she came. Yeah. Well, Morpheus is in love with it, right? He offers to her to be his queen. He makes every, every attempt to make her his wife, and she keeps saying, no, no, no. That's why she throws herself off, because she can't. 
because he won't stop asking. Like, I just fucked you already. Stop being so needy. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe hand stuff, but that's it. Like, it's not... Hey, will you be my queen? So she throws herself off the top of a mountain and off of top of a cliff and, and kills herself. But then she also doesn't die because it's, you know, the dream world. But she, like, kind of dies. She spends her time with geriatric metal band Grandmother Death. <laughs> so she joins. And then they're like, that's the story. Ladies have a different story. We don't know it. Now go throw that old rock away. <laughs> so one day your son can learn this story. Let's go home and ice your penis. And they're like, all right, cool. I guess in this like weird... Dream Roots episode that we just watched. Like the African guys like tell stories and then hmm. like, what was that shit about? And the only reason you know it's Morpheus is because he has the fucking goth dialogue bubbles. They're black with white font. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> thing. That's his thing. So, so Eli, um, the character of Nada, she's important later in the story. Yeah, she becomes a big deal later on because it's one of his like loves on earth he falls in love with a couple of women in his existence not as like the biggest one and his biggest guilt because what you find out is that she is he basically like traps her in hell or purgatory or something and she's basically suffering there forever because he his revenge he's angry at her for not being with him so she he says fuck you you're gonna suffer forever and so that come back, comes back. It really yeah. contradicts the whole end of this sequence when he gives the whole speech to his sister. It's like, no, we're here for them. We're here because of them speech he gives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's an oddball. But I think that's part of the point is that he's a bit of a contradiction. He's sometimes really serious and plays by the rules, but then he breaks all the rules for himself and doesn't explain himself. He's like the Greek gods who are... Petty dicks. Wants to get his dick wet. That seems to be when he does contradict himself the most. Who among us hasn't done whatever it's taken to get our dicks wet? <laughs> he wants to be a wet dream. It's the one realm of dream he can't control. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd sleep forever. <laughs> like, is that guy, that guy snores funny. He's like, no, he's just coming consistently. He's like, <laughs> just for eternity. He's <laughs> like, you know. There's a slug that came by here. Oh, no, no. So then it cuts to the... That was the prelude to the doll's house. And then we get to the doll's house, part one of 700. And it starts with this character that looks like Billy Idol uh, talking about desire and the big threshold. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But it picks up with the story of Rose and her mom... Who are like, who the fuck are they? And you shouldn't know that they're going to England because a mysterious benefactor has paid for them to come out there. And they're just like, free trip. And they go to England. And while they're out there, Morpheus peeks and says cryptic shit. And then they find an old bag. And it was a lady who was in like the first issue of the fucking comic book as a throwaway character. And as the lady who slept for whatever, 60 years but had a baby because someone fucked a woman in a coma. And it's her. And she's like, hey, I'm your grandma. Spoiler. They're like, oh, cool. All right, thanks, grandma. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm not leaving anything out. That's what happens. And then Rose has like some fucking weird <laughs> visions in a in a janitor's yep. closet because there clearly was some toxic chemical not contained. And she just trips in there and sees other ghost dream people. And they're like, hey. Oh, the other thing I think we skipped is that, what's his name? Morpheus does a dream census. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, where are all the dream people? And his goons. And enumeration. Like, We're missing, we got pretty much everyone. We're just missing four. And he's like, wow, that's pretty good. That's, that's good record keeping. Like, yeah, but it's like four asshole guys. And if I can figure out what they're called, it was the Corinthian. It was Brute Glob, the Corinthian, and Fiddler's Green. Right. Which are, I'm sure, the names of beers somewhere, but none of us got those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, fuck, that's going to be a problem for the next six issues only. And then uh, Rose starts having weird visions because it's going to turn out she is the Vortex is what her ex-boyfriend referred to her as. Whenever he told stories, <laughs> I was like, listen, she was painted with the, like, the vortex, my God. It sucked you in. <laughs> Had grip. And she goes, where all people who suck go, to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, she moves into like this... The Hey Arnold house of weirdos. <laughs> Yeah, it has a like has a weird Barbie and Ken as a couple, and the mute sister and the sister that talks, and they collect spiders or something. Stuffed spiders. Yeah, how do you stuff a spider? I don't know. I don't think that you do. Yeah, they're not very big. It's, you use little you know, tiny bits of cotton. Unless they're really big spiders. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then there's but they have twenty four thousand stuffed spiders in there. One bedroom, which is uh, it sounds like the worst place in the entire world, besides Florida. <laughs> well, it's in Florida. It's just so. the, it's the it's worst the, place in for worst place in the worst place. Florida doesn't cancel weird. out, right? It's just no, it doesn't. It's it's Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, please, a sinkhole anytime now would be great. Just fucking swallow us all. And then there's Gilbert. The weird guy, and um, the, the, the and the the guy who owns the house, uh, who is a professional drag queen, so he's the most normal one in this house, and she's in Florida because she's looking for her lost brother, because at some point, for unbeknownst reasons, her mother gave up the brother or lost him at a mall. I don't really understand it. No divorce. Was divorced. Parents her, split. They got parents. Got and, yeah, so she hasn't seen him in a long time. And she's heard that he's living with his, their aunt and uncle. They don't know that yet, some but he's living thing. with somebody. Okay. she got to find him. And he's in Florida. She's like, oh, maybe he's just dead. Can we hope he's dead? He's like, no, he's in like, Florida. Tomato, tomato. Got to go to Florida. I was like, I think we'll just leave him dead. He's fine. I don't want to go to Florida. But she goes anyway. <laughs> and then uh, there's some there's some fun uh, pictures of his life in but Florida. But also he's having weird dreams. And he's like living in his dreams because he's... Chained in a basement. And if you look at page six, he just takes a fire hose piss. <laughs> it is the most memorable thing of this issue for me is him pissing on the wall in a basement. And it's like, that is like a, like a foam fire extinguisher of urine coming out of this child. 
It really wanted you to. They didn't well, want he, any ambiguity. He, like, what's that kid doing in that corner? It's like, oh, he's unleashing a torrent of urine. He, he he's probably he probably holds it all in to the last moment because he doesn't want to just take his his wiener out because he frequently gets bitten by rats on the face. So he's like, I better not take my dick out because a rat could bite me on the dick because I live in. Well, Florida. he just lives there and, and lives in a basement getting eaten by rats. <laughs> And eats asparagus because it says, quote, the smell that rises from the hole makes him gag. It's just... So he's at the Florida Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then it does the kind of the hip comic book thing where some of the dialogue bubbles are a letter that Rose is writing to her mom on a typewriter because this is the cutting edge of 1990. And she has five <laughs> different colors of hair. And there's dumb shit that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. And then you find out that Morpheus has his his raven, because why not, watching on the kid and looking for the vortex. You're like, yeah, why not? Let's do that. These are words that I know individually. I mean, they kind of make as much sense as a raspberry coffee smoothie stout. And I'm really frustrated from our technical difficulty, so I need a beverage. And this beer, which has been hanging out in the fridge waiting for just just the right moment. Yeah, well, that's that's how they pass the the big bucks. It's from Evil Twin New York, and it's called Raspberry Coffee Smoothie Stout. And it is an imperial stout with coffee, raspberry, maple, and vanilla. That's 12.5% alcohol. And that sounds like things that don't go together. I've never heard of a raspberry coffee product. Maybe an enema, but that's it. Never when you... Oh, well, that's the best way to taste it, yeah. Well, because you get, like, the coffee effects and the antioxidants. But this is, oh, oh, sweet Lord. I don't like that. (laughs) No, no. Oh, no, no, no. It has all the worst qualities of those flavors. (laughs) That's upsetting. Which is sad, because when I had this beer a while ago, new, it was actually really good. But I feel like the flavors have dissipated in the back. Yeah. I mean, it's not like an age beer that I should have been had it in the fridge. Not how you age beer, but whatever. We should say, though, these beers are brought to us by supporters of our Patreon. We have to, we have to hustle for the money, Eli, okay? You laugh <laughs> at us in our pitch. We'll if you want to support the podcast, like cool people, like Superfan Eli, head over to patreon.com, so Drunk Guys Book Club, where you could uh, sign up and get all sorts of cool stuff, like early access to episodes, exclusive content. We'll send you shit. Vote in our monthly book poll. Get shouted out where we will say pretty much anything. We have not found a line that we won't cross yet. Nate has, but that's not up to him. Uh, And if that's not your thing, you can just support us by leaving a review wherever you're listening, or just go tell someone to listen to it. Or maybe dream really hard about the podcast tonight, and other people in the dreaming will hear about it and have... Nocturnal emissions <laughs> thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> but don't poop in the bed. No. You want to be awake for that when it's still warm. So Jed, the brother, he poops in his bed every day because he lives in the basement. <laughs> in Florida. That's the reason why he poops in his bed. Yeah. <laughs> that's when that's when the alarm clock goes off. You shit the bed. <laughs> uh, Rose gets goes to the drag show but then gets attacked. And Dream saves her. No, Dream her. doesn't save her. No, no, not Dream. Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert. The Gilbert. He looks like the guy from Confederacy of Dunces. It's a, it's a big kind fat of. guy wearing like a trench coat, and he talks um, more formally than is necessary. Like a knight yeah. errant. But he's he's really large. He's like a fortnight errant. 
says whom a lot. Um, he does say whom. I think this is just heavy breathing from his massive girth. If he were a knight, his name would be Circumference because he's around. <laughs> and you know how you calculate Circumference with pi. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's Gilbert. He eats 3.14 pies every yeah. night. <laughs> he eats an irrational amount of pie. <laughs> <laughs> he eats a it transcendental amount of pie. <laughs> so um, he's like, oh, let's go watch um, that, that transvestite person sing. And you're like, okay, I don't see where any of this is going. We haven't even gotten back to the guy's <laughs> foreskin. Spoiler, you're not going to get there this chapter. Kid gets bit by a rat, and then fucking Morpheus. And then Dream, yeah, Morpheus comes into his dreams, which have been fiddled with. On the green. <laughs> by, coming eventually, but with, by a, what is it, Glob and Brute, who have escaped Dream World and are shacking up in this child's dreams for dream reasons. <laughs> it, all makes, it, it makes as much sense as dream logic makes sense. Yeah, I think I think I think there's like a nothing's definite, and that's just how we're gonna play it. And I was like, okay, man, I'll roll with it. Yeah, I think he makes up his own rules as he goes along. Like things, anything can happen in a dream, right? So why should it be anything close to reality or make sense? Yeah. That strikes me as a very Neil Gaiman kind of thing to just kind of have that out there, like, oh, well, the weird shit's happening because of you know an ancient magic or because it's a dream or be. And and you just kind of you accept it. Like, I didn't find anything, you know, wrong about it while reading this. I was like, all right, that's what we're doing. I kind of liked it for that reason because you didn't know where he was going to take it next. You didn't know if you should. Did he? Take I mean, it at face I, I value. don't know. Well, there are a lot of things that do come back, which is what I think helps throw you off while you're reading it. You don't think anything makes sense. You don't think anything matters. Like you said, Mike, some characters seem like throwaways, and then they come back way later. It's like. You know, watching Arrested <laughs> Development, even like a joke from like last season suddenly becomes funnier like way later. After. Do, do you know if he had the whole thing written out before he started or did he just wing it? I th- no, I think he had the arc set up and then added more layers to it. So like the general arc over like the, the 10 books that he had and then just kept adding more and more like depth to it. Okay. But there's a lot of things here that don't even uh, link to within this story. Like the the Graven is actually another DC Comics character. The Sandman from Jed's Dream is an old Sandman character from like the 70s that DC had. And so he kind of like added, peppered it with other connections to other things. And if you don't know them, you miss them entirely. I'm sure when he pitched this or, you know, like... Here's my idea. He had a he had to have at least a very good arc because it wasn't like they're like, well, this will run forever. Sure. Like, all right, it's gonna run for so long, and that's it. So you had to have a plan. But it, it is it is really like Arrested Development is actually a really good example because that's the kind of show where you watch that and you're like, holy, did they write every episode on day one? Because like everything connects <laughs> yeah, in right. some weird way. And this too, even just from like the last volume that we read to this one, it's like. That like throw away two panels about the lady who was asleep and had a kid. And you're like, wow, that was weird. 
Yep. And then you forget about it. Like now it's central to this and plot. And then later on, later on, Rose talks about talking to her friend on the phone who was the lesbian yeah. at the diner. And she, she right. killed herself was or was okay. killed. Who knows? They fucked themselves to death. They also... And not even in Florida. <laughs> someone threatened <laughs> with sending them there. But we also introduce a guy who also... Um, well, he doesn't fuck people to death, but the Corinthian... We don't know it's him yet, but there's a guy who's a serial killer, and he's cutting people's eyes out. You're like, wow, okay, that's a, that's a thing. And he's got, he gets a phone call while he's holding a bunch of eyeballs. He's like, oh, that sounds like a nice time. And you have no idea what he's talking about. Like, Put me down as the Corinthian. I don't think you get it in the, in the, the, through the panels as much. He's eating those eyeballs. Yeah, you see like the sound he, effect. He mentions like, it later shump, on. Shump. <laughs> like, like he's a smurf. Like, yeah, he's, he's snacking on them as he's going through. Meat grapes. Mmm. Meat grapes. That was... <laughs> that's an upsetting combination of words. Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my friend called uh, chicken hearts when I ate them once. And it haunted oh, me. Ch- oh, no, that's, that's dog food. You shouldn't eat those. <laughs> you can taste the ventricles. I would recommend it. <laughs> I don't know if you could taste a texture. That's... Ew. So then um, Dream was like, oh, I found that kid. What the fuck, guys? That wasn't cool. And then he puts on a different gas mask, and he looks like the thing from Alien for some reason. And if you look at the last panel of, it's, he's got he's got the Alien face on, and you're like, all right, what? And the Manos Hands of Fate cape, like, all right, whatever that is, <laughs> sure, dude. I was thinking that because it's just a new artist, and they just decided just to like draw it differently, that it was the same. Hood thingy in the but first could be wrong. I think that gas mask. makes sense. You know, he's wearing a. It it, it looks kind of like yeah. that. The gas mask is just like slightly mushier, <laughs> like like the the hose part is thicker, like it's one big shape. But I think it's the same thing, just drawn differently. But he gets into the and dream zero percent so with brute and glob, and they're like, "Oh, our bad boss, sorry." And he's like, "Well, you guys are fucked." And they're like, "No, please." And he says, "You're gonna go to." Banish in the darkness for a few thousand years, and he's going to put his power on display. <laughs> <laughs> this is Power on Display, a double India Pale Ale from Torch and Crown, and it is 46% alcohol. Oh, no, 8.7, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> and it's lovely. It says unreal on the front, but it is, in fact, Well, that's real. what the dream world is. Um, yeah, and it says... Also, just Manny being Manny, and I don't know what that means. I guess it's like an inside joke. Uh, but that's what he does. He's just dream being dream, exerting his power over the dream creatures. And he sends them into the darkness, and they're like, oh, no. And he's like, fuck off. And then he's like, okay. And then the kid is I forget free. which one was which, but one and of them looks like Meatwad from... That's Glob. I assume glob, that's Glob. Yeah. Unless it's like an ironic... It's, it's going to be the an The other one looks like thing. an emaciated but, uh, Hulk. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. But when he uh, sends them to the to the darkness, uh, the kid's house explodes, and he gets out of the basement through the power of dreams and not pooping on the floor. It was quite the omission. And then he gets into a car driven by a man made of leather. Oh, yeah. It's the, um, it's not the Corinthian. It's, it's, I forget what it is, fucking the other serial killer. No, it is the Corinthian, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the it Corinthian. Because the there's the other guy who makes the yeah. neckties out of leather. That we meet later. Oh, yeah. The, the, the doctor makes the leather neckties. 
I thought Corinthian was like a leather bound thing. I'm sure it's a type of leather. And some yeah. assholes would be like, it's fine, <laughs> Corinthian, Corinthian leather. leather. I wrote this down as I was, as I was taking notes because they go, uh, oh, we'll get to that point eventually. But first they have a, a brief segue into 600 years in the life of an undying well, before peasant. that, there's one important thing there. So <laughs> Glob and Shithead, whatever their names were, they had like tricked some stupid guy into thinking he was a superhero in the dream. And like that was somehow yes. made sense. They trapped him in the kid's yeah. dream. But he was dead. In the kid's dream, but he was dead. And then his wife, who was not dead, she was actually... And then at the end, Sam is like, listen, that guy's dead. He's going to be dead now. She's like, what the fuck, man? I'm about to be a mother two years in the making. And he's like... This kid is 46 pounds. (laughs) Do you you have to do like four (laughs) C-sections to get this out? It's going to be like when the egg opens an alien. So he's like, listen, it's cool. Go away. And their names are like um, mythical references, right? It's like heck. Like, she's she's Hippolyta. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck that is, but I knew like that's a Greek shit, a Greek thing. And his name is Gus. Isn't she the goddess of like archery or something? Yeah, she's Hector, though. And um, she's like, what the fuck? You can't do that. I'm going to have that kid and shit. And he's like, listen, I'm not hurting that kid. Don't worry. I'm going to come get that kid one day. He's like, no, you're not. And then it just moves on. You're like, I bet that's setting something up later. He's going to want to fuck that kid. Pretty much. Pretty much. She comes back. In his dreams. <laughs> He's going to play with that kid. He's like, hey, you know what would go really good in that box? Some sand, man. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, I guess we'll see that in a few issues. And then we get to the random thing of the peasant who's like, I'm just not going to die. Like as if he's like peddling 13th well, he century like, self-help. People, people, people only die because everyone does it. I'm just not going to. And they're like, all I right. I walked by the London Bridge <laughs> if everyone jumps off of it. <laughs> and then... Uh, and so every hundred years, he meets Morpheus for coffee. At the same tavern. Like, that, that must be crazy living in England and that, having that be a thing with, like, the same tavern being there. I think that's pretty common in that Europe. That many centuries. I think like, it is this, too. This building it's has still been here wild. for a thousand years. As an American, that's yeah. still wild that that's happened. I heard someone. I think it was someone in like Ireland saying, "Like there are doors in my in my country older than your country." I like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, but there are potatoes in my country, <laughs> and not always in yours. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole state that just makes potatoes. <laughs> One time. <laughs> and more of your country lives in my country yeah, they all live than in lives Boston in your and country. New York and think that they're fucking special. <laughs> Get hammered drunk every March. Thanks. Yeah. So he dresses up. So this is where Joanna Constantine comes in, which we discussed last time. And we were like, I guess they swapped John for Joanna, but no, Joanna is his own character. Oh, man. Well, we assumed. What? We 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 talked about this. Yeah, because uh, Jenna remember. Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who was playing Joanna Constantine. You're like, oh, I guess there's not John; it's Joanna. But Joanna mm-hmm. is a character in this segment as an old timey witch hunter who really doesn't fucking matter. Um, but I'm sure she'll. Yeah, come of back. course. But for this episode, it doesn't mean shit. You're just like, all right, she was there. It's a cameo. How did this whole issue connect to anything? I'm sure it will later. This whole like. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't miss it. It does. I'm sure it only makes sense later. But anyway, so it goes through like 
couple hundred years, you see the clothing styles change. And at one, he's meeting a Will Shakespeare. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, and, he'll, uh, he'll and, be uh, a playwright someday. His, Kit he's Morley. Right. Like, no, that guy writes. Like, no, he sucks. No one's going to read his plays. It's, it's Christopher Morley, whatever his name was, right? Marley? Morley? Well, the guy was saying that Morley's plays were good and Shakespeare's plays sucked. And so Dream was like, hey, you, shitty guy, come over here. Let's talk. Yeah. The Shakespeare thing comes back. Actually, there's an actual another thread just on Shakespeare doing a Midsummer Night's Dream. That's just mm. yet another one. Theseus and Apollita is from Midsummer Night's mm, Dream. You and, you know, dreams. <laughs> and the dreams, yes. Thunder only Midsummer happens night. when it's raining. Dream. And so uh, I do like the, uh, the, the guy, I don't even know what his fucking name was, the immortal peasant who goes through the, the vicissitudes of, of eternity. And at some points he's really like riding high. And he's like, white bread? I would have killed white bread 200 years back. Come to think of it, I did a couple of times. And then they see him like a century or two later and he's like a leprosy-ridden bum. It's like, he's like, this drunk piece of shit. He can't come in our pub. It's like, I gotta see the dead guy. And they let him in. And he's, he looks like he has whatever 17th century AIDS, leprosy, cancer was. Like, he just looks terrible. Like, he's made of gangrene. And then you see him a century or two later, and he's like, oh, he's got a powdered wig and shit. <laughs> he just... It's like, hey, this whole slavery thing is great. I'm never going to regret yeah. this. It's going to be awesome forever. <laughs> this will age really well. <laughs> and in the 80s, like, yeah, really. I'm doing a lot of cocaine now. I'm still regretting all that slavery. He, he does He does seem to regret it when he had said, it's a really wonderful system, really. We take English <laughs> cotton goods to Africa, get a cargo of Negroes, his word, pack them in like sardines, same boat takes him across the Atlantic, comes back with raw cotton, tobacco, and sugar. All Everybody pros, wins. <laughs> and even the Sandman was like, are you sure about yeah. that? Don't you hear <laughs> yourself? And he's like, mm, I don't think so. That sounds a little fucked up. <laughs> even though he was already like 400 years old, he still did Where if he just put his money into a bank account and let interest take over, he'd be even richer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be a wandering bum for two centuries. In the Victorian era, era, people find out that they have the, that there are these two random people that have the same meeting every exactly every one hundred years and try and like kidnap them, but <laughs> accuse them of being that's a Joanna. Jew. Dream slash Morpheus. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the reason. It's like I'm not a, I'm not Jewish. Yeah, they're they're like, we think you're witches, and one of you is the wandering Jew, and the first guy's like, whoa, whoa, I'm not Jewish. Like <laughs> the first thing he says. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. And then, uh, then, then Sandman decides to do something for the first time in half a millennia, and he says, "I blow some dream dust," and they get away. But I don't really understand PCP. what happened there. Then they meet him in the 1980s, and then it's like, yeah, looks like it's still the 1980s, and I'm still not dead. Sweet. Well, and then, well, the thing is that the and and whatever the 1880s Jack the Ripper London. Um, the guy was like the random peasant guy. I forget. I don't know if he even had a name. It's like, well, we're we're you want me to be your friend? Clearly, Sand guy. And he's like, fuck you! I don't need friends. And then a hundred years later, he's like, how's it going, friend? And that's how it ends. <laughs> uh, okay. 
because he's lonely, missing that sweet, sweet, prehistoric African girlfriend of his. He needs a friend. So he picked the next logical thing, an immortal British guy. Well, he's only immortal because he convinced his sister as like a, a thing like, don't kill that one. She's like, all right, let's see what happens. Fuck it. As he just forest gumps his way through the centuries. Just like, <laughs> much like cotton gin. I don't think it's going to be worth anything. <laughs> like he just like stumbles across shit and <laughs> just fucks it up. Or he accidentally invents the cotton gin. Like, oh, I had this one thing over here. Yeah. In the 80s, he puts everything into Betamax players. It's going to be huge. It was a better format than VHS. Better quality. <laughs> still shit, Let, just yeah, better. Definitely, definitely still shitty. <laughs> so then we get to the, the serial convention, which is... I was right. I wrote it subtle. down. I was right. <laughs> and they kept talking about like because Rose and uh, Gilbert check into a hotel because they're uh, waiting for the kid, her brother, who in the hospital because for him to get better. No, that's at the end. No, they're lo- they're afterwards. looking for they're looking for the brother. So they're at the hotel looking for people, and they're like, "Oh, we, there's only two rooms here, and you got to stay. You got to leave in the um, but there's a there's a, there's a you convention can't stay here. And you have to leave. Yeah." There's a cereal convention, like for you know breakfast cereal. And she's like, "That sounds yep. weird, whatever." General, and I was Mills writing it down. I was like, "Yeah, catalog." <laughs> so then I, I really, literally wrote this down. Rose and Gilbert are at a hotel with a serial killer, and then parentheses, "Oh God, I just got the cereal." Yeah, thing. it took me. I, I didn't get it back to like the fourth <laughs> time they showed that cereal convention thing. I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> Fucking like dad joke <laughs> in there. <laughs> waka waka and you missed it and you I got it, it while writing the note <laughs> god but yes it is a convention for serial killers where they're going to have breakout rooms and workshops <laughs> and uh pro feminist serial Panel killing discussions by, I had really a lot of questions about the woman serial killer named dog soup. Really <laughs> <laughs> like, what what does that mean <laughs> the other ones were pretty uh, straightforward like the doctor and the the rascal and carrion and dog soup. I would love to. I hope when they redo this for the show, they make it like every breakout room you've been to in the last few years. Like they're like, All right, let's go around and share your name and your pronouns. And one fun <laughs> fact. And the guy's like, "Hi, I am uh, I'm the Corinthian. He him, and I like fucking eyeball sockets." <laughs> and then, like, thanks, thanks for telling us your truth. And they just go to, like the next person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no judgment here. Space, you could say, it's like, I'm sorry. I just thought I'm just. I just thought it would be cool to say I'd like to fuck your skull, and she got really offended. And now we're. It's okay. It's okay. No one's. No one's judging you, skull fucker. It's all right. They are, you know, very accepting of one another. Well, they set the ground rules. They're like no, no killing here. Collecting. No, don't yeah. shit where you eat. Which is an expression that doesn't really work well in the Eskimo world, if you think about it. Because it's all ice. Like, how do you... It's where you eat and shit. No? You never thought about that? It doesn't work in other places. <laughs> Geographically. We have limited terrain. I think they have That's a lot cool. of ice. Anyway. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I had thought of that the other day. So, he's at the serial... The, they're at the serial killer convention... And uh, it's a weird scene. And there's a lot of like starring Nicolas Cage. That movie was terrible. <laughs> wasn't that bad. Was bad. Yeah, they're at the the serial killer convention. They're like, "Hey, that guy's dead. 
This guy claiming the boogeyman. To be, I forget what his name is. The boogeyman. It's like no, no, he's dead. Trust me. <laughs> and then he's like, and then they're like, you know what? This guy's a fake. So they literally grab him and kidnap him and and murder him. They old because they're all the collectors. They're all people who take trophies. So they all take a piece of him. And then they're like, I know the rule was like, don't do this right here. But this was this was an, this was clearly the exception, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously, mm. yeah. He did Don't that. look in my trunk, by the way. Um, I got I got some shit yeah, in there for later. Yeah, can't put the body in the trunk. Some leftovers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> did you notice that the, the guy they kill looks like Robert Plant? <laughs> he looked kind of like um, Eric, Eric Roberts in that potato head. Oh, movie. mask. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they call it, yeah, a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they kill that guy, and then it's like, all right, that was the thing. But also, um, at some point, Gilbert gives Rose a piece of paper, and he's like, "Listen, if shit gets real, call this guy." Well, Gilbert recognizes the oh, right, right, right. in the in the they're elevator. Both, right, they're both dreams. Yeah, so they're both from the dream world, and so, but he doesn't say anything. He's all freaked out, though. Yeah. And that's what prompts him to give the the note to to Rose in case anything goes down. This also features one of the more obvious, if you didn't get it yet, joke, parts of the joke, when she says, hey, some of these cereal nuts are kind of cute. <laughs> like, cereal nuts? Hmm. Like grape nuts? <laughs> and just move on. So then he writes on a piece of paper. That joke is very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> he had no good reason to leave it out. Damn it. It's very corny, not very flaky though. But so then uh we get the Smacks. amazing <laughs> panels, which I would have I would like a comic book of just the panels of the serial killer saying nonsense where they're arguing with each other. Like they're all horrific murderers. And then they're arguing. The guy's like, God commands me to kill these people. And he goes like, listen, I'm a born-again Christian. That's not what we kill people. It's because I like feet. And you're like, whatever it is they're saying. <laughs> I would just like to see that. And Dog Soup is like, I'm tired of women being stereotyped as black widows and killer nurses. I am a woman and I'm a serial killer and I am proud Some of people it. are just into Dog Soup. <laughs> That's why I got this beer, Dog Soup Ale. No, I, f- I feel I like wish. Dog Soup sounds like the name of like a two girls, one cup video. Like, people are like hey, have you seen Dog Soup? Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> now you got to watch Dog Soup. And it's like 11 Rottweilers pissing on a woman. <laughs> and then she drinks it or something. You know, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, Dog yeah, Soup. Dog yeah. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Though, is that character meant to be Korean? Oh, you man. You know, I was, uh, I was, I was asking that. Oh, my God. Uh, she she is clearly an Asian woman, and I was wondering about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I am. I was more distracted by the giant fat thing that looks like a hut next to her, called the Grass Widow. It was like a <laughs> hut wearing a beanie. And you're like, what's that about? All right, whatever. It's like, looks like Louis <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, and he's like, and, I came and, here for the dog suit. <laughs> <laughs> sounded pretty good. <laughs> I'm hungry. 
It's two, hour, the the dog. two hours till dinner, you know. I thought there was some dog soup on service here. <laughs> and then the, we meet, we've been seeing the whole time the giant fat man baby guy who is into, into like Disney World. Unmanned. He's like the Ed Kemper of this but story. Much fatter than Ed Kemper. Yeah. I forgot it. His name's Funland, right? Funland. Yeah. Not Mr. Fun. Funland. He is the location. (laughs) (laughs) And so then he... It's funny. He's the second guy in this story that is a location. Who was the first? Fiddler's Green is a location. Fiddler's Green. (laughs) But he's actually... I mean, perspective is all off because you see him standing in a doorway and he's not bigger than the doorway. He's just morbidly obese. Like, he fits through the doorway. He's not that tall. Ed Kemper was taller. It's than a doorway him. in Florida. They're built big. Yeah, these are like hospital room doorways. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, he comes in. He's like, hey, I'm going to go fuck you to death. Rose, character that we're supposed to care about. And she's like, I don't want to die. Morpheus. And then the Sandman appears. And he's like, oh, this, right. Let me go fix all this shit. I was busy. You know, now I could fix it because you said my name once, and those are the rules. But she's also the vortex. It's that tight, and so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then makes Fat Man Baby sleep, and the Corinthian is the guest of honor, making a speech about why it's like so cool that we kill people, and they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that." Why? I don't know. I don't know why that's there. But then, but then Morpheus shows up and says, you assholes, all of you, including Corinthian, you belong to me because you belong in the dream world. And then they have an argument up on stage. And then... Corinthian takes off his sunglasses. Have vagina eyes. His eyes are little, little teeth. Little <laughs> teeth faces. And then he's like, oh, whatever, man. I'm not scared of teeth. I control dreams. And so he dusts him. And then he infects all the killers with low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just had it all yeah. It was always it was the fucking, uh, one of the star, shitty Star Wars prequels. Like, you don't want to sell me death sticks. You want to go home and reevaluate your life. <laughs> he does that to the, all of them. <laughs> like, I don't want to sell you death sticks. Mike, what's that movie? Oh, teeth? yeah. The classic classic teeth. Film. Yeah, 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 his eyes look like the teeth, good... the pussy from teeth. Right. That it's was the movie. first time Nate came to my house, I think. Like, we were all watching that, and then he came yeah. in and was like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, come in. Perfect timing. And <laughs> Gotta see this, Nate. <laughs> I've never seen a film before. And then we watch it, and it's like... <laughs> Is this what they like, call I, a talking about the jazz singer. And then... It's the scene where the it was the scene where the gynecologist is like, let me uh, let me test your vagina medically, and he's just trying to fist her basically, and her, she just snaps like a bear trap and just cuts all his fingers off, and he just holds up a bleeding stump, <laughs> and he's like, vagina dentata, it's true. <laughs> I was like, hey Nate, uh, grab yourself a beer. Um, <laughs> You're going to need one. Kinda, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> largely what happened. And it didn't scare him off. He's like, I like these movies. I'll watch more of these. <laughs> <laughs> these films. films. Is that how you pronounce it? Film. 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 
films. So then, the, anyway, so uh, the, uh, the, the 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 Bowling Green rescue, rescues her. <laughs> what, what was Bowling it? Green Fiddler's massacre? Green because it was all a dream. Fiddler's Green isn't real. <laughs> Fiddler's yeah rescues her and then says, "Hey, he says, hey, I found something in the back of a car. It's your brother, Jed. We need to get him to a hospital." And uh, so they do. And that's the end of that issue. But also, um, did it happen yet? Did it happen yet? Where the where Dream is like, listen, Fiddler's Green on the roof. You need to go. No, it didn't happen yet. Okay. That's the next issue. So then we go back. Part six. Issue 15. What the fuck is that numbering system? And <laughs> she's back in her boarding house in Florida. And everyone's having weird dreams. And I'll be honest with you, I skimmed them because they were weird and they all had hard-to-read handwriting. And I knew they didn't matter. But one was really creepy because it had like a weird little dwarf baby standing on a pile of bones. I was like, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't like it. It's wrong. And um, we get then, basically, uh, they take Rose into the dream world and she has to get naked because she's hot. And... She's there naked, and his dream is like, I'm going to have to kill you, but let me just get one good gander at dim titties. And she just stands there naked. She's like, what's going on? He's like, nothing. I'm just going to turn the AC on a little bit to see uh, <laughs> see, the, see, see if anything responds. <laughs> it's basically what he does. He's <laughs> like, here, put on this toga that doesn't fit. <laughs> this is... It's exactly what's happening. He's like, yeah, daddy like. And then he takes her to, to some like rock formation in Utah. And he's like, listen, this is where it's going to happen. And then the, the raven thing is like, hey, fiddler on the roof, get over here. He's like, oh, fuck. All right, yeah, let's do that. Let's go. And you're like, well, okay. I imagine this must have been really frustrating to read if this came out once a month. Is that how you read it, Eli, when it first came out? Maybe a time to digest it. No, they were packaged together, so all this was oh, one. So it was already like, done. At it was point. bound together as one. Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. did you buy them? Did you like have a whole shelf of Sandmans? Sandmen? Sand, Sandman. Yeah, the very, very Jewish one. Sandman. They were loaned to me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody loaned them to me. But, you know, I, they came out once a month. But I guess if you're into comics, you're used to that whole like waiting thing. Like we're not, we don't do that anymore as a culture. You're probably we're like streaming and binging of things. Once Netflix, well, I think you'd reread them. Once Netflix started the thing where it's like, here's the whole season of the show, all all on day one, all just right. You can binge the whole thing right away. Like suddenly, if we're like, we can't wait for you know the next episode. Yeah, for, even it's for sure that's like not on Netflix. I just. DVR every episode, and then I'll watch them all then when I have them all. I'm not going to, like, fucking Walking Dead, that piece of shit show that I've committed 10 years to. Like, <laughs> all right, I'll watch all of them when it's done now. I'm not going to. But it, but imagine, like, it takes, like, six minutes to read this. It's really not long. But I guess you would read it a bunch of times if you bought a copy and you have it sitting around for a month and there's no internet porn yet. So you just read Sandman. That's true. And then the issue you jerk off. This next issue has a whole lot of cartoon cartoon uh, nipples in it. Like, like yes, <laughs> thank you, Neil. So the Sandman reveals that 
fucking what's his name? Rose is the Vortex. Which wasn't that a football in the nineties? It was the one that whistled, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like with the, with the whistle. Yeah, like the John Elway, like throwing the vortex and he just like threw it into the stands. John Elway could throw it seven thousand miles. It went around the earth and hit him in the back of the head when he threw it. It was it was obscene, <laughs> yeah. and it killed him. That's why he doesn't play anymore. Um, so <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It, they could. They they were not allowed to give them to NFL players. Michael Vick would just throw them at dogs, and they would explode into a <laughs> cloud of blood. Just the dogs. Oh lost. yeah. Like, the dogs that one got to eat the puddle of other dog. <laughs> dog soup. <laughs> oh, we figured it out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Michael Vick's dog soup. Everything connects. Whoa. All right, so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so then he's like, listen, you're a vortex. That's, a, that's kind of a problem for me. Because I am uh, <laughs> I'm like the king of dreams and shit. But it's like a limited constitutional monarchy of dreams. So I can't do everything. <laughs> and you're fucking that up. Some powers are delegated to dream yeah. parliament. <laughs> no, I need, need the dream tribune <laughs> guy to come in here and the whatever. So, oh, no, it's the speaker of the dream world. God damn it. <laughs> I don't even know what Robert's rules are. But they, they're so he's <laughs> fucking, listen, I have to, I have to just like, I have to sleep aboard you. She's like, but I don't want to die. And he's like, it's nothing personal, but you got to go. And then um, Fat Gilbert shows up and he's like, don't, maybe? And he's like, listen, I know that you're like a shitty dream that escaped Fiddler's Green. And I'm not even mad at you. Just, just I'm just disappointed. Like, you know, I, gosh darn it, I just like it too much to punish <laughs> you. I respect <laughs> you it. big lug. <laughs> I really like liked being alive. It's weird how cool that was versus not being alive. And he's like, "Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that checks out." It's like in it's like in the, uh, the Kafka on the show, and guy's like, "I'm a concept. Get it? A concept." You're like, I don't understand anything that's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then, all of a sudden, though, that old lady from the beginning wakes up or goes to sleep. Actually, <laughs> she wakes up figuratively. She wakes up, realizes what she needs to do, and then goes back to sleep because it's all. Which is what dream. old people do all the time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to try to take care of the get the mail, and they pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes to sleep, and she, in the dream world, really hot, kind of kind of goth looking, you know, got the suicide girl thing going with the purple hair. And uh, <laughs> well, she's she's her younger she's her younger self. She never looked like no. There was no woman in 1931 with purple hair, and uh, and the cleavage out. Unlikely. Unlikely. So she's like, listen, I figured out the the loophole here. I was supposed to be the vortex, but it skips a generation when you're sleeping. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. I remember reading about that once. That does happen. <laughs> I saw that once when I was a rookie. You know, it's on the Y chromosome, and so it just skips a generation. Yeah, and you're like, all right, cool, all right, done. Uh, and and then the she's like, listen, granddaughter, just like give me the vortex. And she's like, I don't even know what I'm not scissoring you, grandma. I don't know what you mean by give you. Like, it's a fucking dream. Just just do it. And she's like, oh okay. And then uh, she pulls out of her boob. 
uh, heart, uh, <laughs> the heart of the ocean, and she hands it to her. And she's like, oh, sweet. And then she dies. And he's like, all right, cool. You get to live now, Rose. And if that made sense to you, you're doing better than I did. And then there's just a long outro where she then gets like a new haircut. And then you find out that it was Dream's sister, other um, woman from all the Tim Burton movies. Um, what's her name? Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, a different Helena, Helena Bonham Carter character shows up. And she's like, ah, she also kind of looks like a character from Cats. She has a tail. Well, she's part cat, yeah. And uh, she, but with less makeup. But just as jellical. Cat butthole. <laughs> McCavity shows up. Mine doesn't she remind you of uh, the cover of uh, Duran Duran Rio? The the album? the album. I have no idea what the cover looks like. But I'm gonna Google it now. I can't believe. Yeah. Is that the one on the fucking boat? Oh, Jesus. That basically is exactly Oh, fuck beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's what that album was called. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember my grandma had like a whole bunch of shit that looked like this in her house in like 1982. Like vaguely Asian looking stuff. I think there was an artist that did a whole series like that. I was like, what is that shit? Like even in 1992, I was like, that looks weird and from another time and place. And I don't even know what time or place is. But yeah, she does look like that. And she's like, I just was bored. I just wanted to like douche. Patrick Patrick Nagel did the album art. Did he do other the bagel series like that? <laughs> yes, he invented the bagel and the flagel. <laughs> um, he was an artist and illustrator. Yeah, he did like this creepy pale uh, lady. He died young it. in the eighties. Wonder what that was about. <laughs> How much of it could have been going? anything? <laughs> yeah, he, he this this whole like especially this whole among thing artist types. Man, it was not AIDS. I, I was <laughs> like, it had a guy died at thirty eight in nineteen eighty four. Had and he was an artist. Had to be AIDS, right? He was straight and he had a heart attack because he found out he had AIDS. Cocaine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wasn't. He didn't die of AIDS. Wow. No, he just had a heart defect. Okay. But yeah, no, he did uh, this whole art thing. Everything he did was like this. Very this comic lady. book looking thing. So then James um, like, not cool, sis. I told you to stay out of my room. She's like, but it was interesting. And it was that obvious. I was bored. And we are eternal, you know. And uh, he's like, don't do that again. And he goes on a long speech. And it got preachy. That's it's where he says, "But we're they're not here for us. We're here for them. Meaning mortals. Like we're here for them to help them or safeguard them or protect them or something. Not the other way around." And she slash he is like, "Don't care. I'm desire. That's literally their name. So I do whatever I want. So fuck you." And then that's it. And that's clearly going to be conflict uh, in the future. Future issues. I bet money on it. Though not that much money because anything could happen. So I could be wrong. It's all about the infighting amongst... The right, we only know three of them so far, right? It's him, the death sister, and um, and this one now. 
despair. Which I didn't even know it was a and difference. They, she, she met, they, met, they mentioned uh, despair and mm-hmm. dumps or something. Dumps. I don't know. <laughs> Eternal dumps. Just <laughs> Diarrhea. <laughs> Are they all D? Are they all D names? They're all D, Dis- yeah. Dysenterious. Dysentery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do look really <laughs> shitty dysentery. How are you feeling? Not good. And just... <laughs> so, uh, Eli, as you tell us more about this, did you have a beer? Didn't you have a beer? Did I what? Did that ever come out? Did two. I did, but it didn't really come oh, we're gonna to be part of the story. Test us. Oh, that we can make it work. Matter. We can make it work. <laughs> I make it work right now. <laughs> Here, here you go. So when the Corinthian was eating those uh, eyeballs, was he probably going om nom nom nom? Oh yeah, of course. He, <laughs> I think there was a, yeah. There you go. So, so I've got yeah, the delicious. only way to eat an eyeball. Home <laughs> oatmeal stout by uh, Upward Brewing Company in uh, the Catskill Mountains here in New York. It is nine percent. One panel had my favorite sound effect of all time, which was trip. <laughs> Was at some point in this comic, I think the third issue, there's like a fight scene, and he just goes like, you know, bam, splat, trip. <laughs> like, that's not a sound. So, oh, <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Definitely fair game. Yeah, that counts. I like it. I mean, it makes me go, um, nom, nom, nom. Not uh, like any other oatmeal stout. Not too, not too thick, but uh, all the right you know, stouty flavors. It doesn't stand out, but it is uh, pretty drinkable. How strong is it? Well, that's a big oatmeal stout. 9%. doesn't feel like it. doesn't feel like overwhelming. It feels thicker than bigger. I feel like they should, they should instead of putting like the ABV on oatmeal stouts, they should put like, the oatmeal girth of them. Like, this is an oatmeal very stout. <laughs> it's an oatmeal chode. It's also like a, it's like a thousand percent of your daily fiber, so you're good. You're going you're gonna to poop. Just before bed. He's got all those like... Good for you, heart. Good for your heart. Things in them that oatmeal has. So, like when your doctor's like, you should start having a cup of oatmeal. Like, I'm gonna drink a cup of oatmeal, and then hold your breath till you leave the office, and then stout, and then, and I'm going to drink it for breakfast, and it's like ten percent alcohol. I was just talking to someone at work today. I was like, it's amazing. I think we we must have talked about this at some point. The genius of whoever invented brunch. Like, how can we start drinking at 10 a.m.? Just call it brunch. Just, it's like, I want to start drinking. It's early in the morning. Society frowns. Not if you have toast. It's brunch. Mix it with orange juice, so it's fine. So this is like taking that a step further. It's like, now it's all in one thing. I'm life hacking brunch. I'm putting it all into one vessel. It's the, it's the alcohol equivalent of soylent. And then if you drink too much, you soylent your pants. So, Eli, you've read the whole series multiple times now. Yep. You get more of it each time you go through it because you can't take it. Yeah, Mike, you you get this. You can't take it all once Mm. the first time. So (laughs) you have to go back, do it again. I have been told Um, that. You run out of... It starts to... run out of paper, right? (laughs) (laughs) It makes more sense, you know, when you go back to see it. You pick up details that you didn't realize before, like the whole serial convention that was pretty obvious but if you go back and read most of the lines during the serial convention oh yeah they're, they're pretty they funny. all have to do about that they all have to do about killing it and they don't want to die on stage and mm. there's just all these these lines they that told the story they really butchered it yeah 
Yeah. Because serial killers um, only speak in tongues. There's a lot tongues. of that in there. <laughs> Basically. And it's like, oh, I dropped it. I'm all thumbs today. Like the bag of thumbs in my trunk. <laughs> Just Dog soup. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to combine chihuahua and gazpacho right now. <laughs> Just trying to make a dog <laughs> soup. This is much harder than you'd think. See, so yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that. But, you know, without without ruining it for us. What do you think about like the series? I guess is my question. So this was the first Neil Gaiman stuff I ever read. So before I did read this before American Gods, and I think this was my favorite. This is the reason I like his stuff. So, but I think it's also the trippiest stuff. It, like it gets even it's weirder if that can be imagined. If you could picture it, so it just keeps building on the weirdness because it's all dreams. It's all like made up fantasy stuff. And then he ties it back together at the end. So as wild and long-winded as it seems, it actually comes to a pretty neat close. And so it, it does feel satisfying to when you get to the end. The other weird thing, this I kind of anecdotally knew, was that this whole series was really popular with chicks. More than any other DC comic, they were, it sold really well with women. So at the time, it was actually something to, (laughs) (laughs) it was a woman that actually lent it to me the first time. So she was like a huge Neil Gaiman fan at the time. So Mm. I believe it. That I did not not know about the lady thing. I knew this is Neil Gaiman's first big thing besides his his Schwantz, of course, but I did not know. (laughs) <laughs> um, that it was it was a hit with the ladies, and I kind of don't see why. It's there's nothing particularly off putting to women that I've noticed. I mean, there's some dated shit, but it doesn't. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just so different. Well, why is why is Twilight popular with ladies? It's the you know troubled man, but he's really hot thing. This guy, this guy looks like know. Michael I, Myers. No, like he's not he's not good looking. <laughs> It was the 80s. It was a different time. I mean, I guess it was the 90s. Morpheus was modeled after uh, Peter Murphy, if you know him, from Bauhaus. I have no idea what that is. It's a band from the 80s, 70s. I know the name of them, but I don't know a goddamn thing about them. But wow, now that I've Googled them, yeah. Oh, that's a weird looking dude. That makes sense. That is not an attractive man. Oh, oh, the older ones are. It makes a little more sense. Okay. When he was younger, he okay. wasn't too bad. It's kind of like a David yeah. Bowie-ish. Yeah. Like very, very angular face, really narrow, long nose. Interesting. So he has that look to going for. Okay. Him. Yeah. And it's all goth. Like I mean, when you start looking at the the theme, of, like the whole goth feel to it, I think had that that mystique for it going for it. I don't know. I I liked it because I thought you know what it's not your typical mythology or it plays off a lot of things he obviously borrows from all kinds of sources right you know Cain and Abel they've got their own story they were also uh, DC characters right exactly the stupid part is that they do because it's a DC thing like the the Justice League shows up it's yeah it's really that that's probably the lowest point in the (laughs) the whole thing I don't know Martian Manhunter Manhunter in his uh, sleeping robe was Pretty good. <laughs> oh, it is the Holy One. He starts like praying to him in issue five or whatever that was. 
I want to stick with it. It's weird. I do like Neil Gaiman, and I could see, I, what I noticed again reading this next volume, and I think we said this in the last one. Neil Gaiman is like, at the same time a really creative guy, but he also has a lot of stuff he keeps recycling. Like he's like trying to figure out the best way to use certain ideas, so he uses them often. So if you read a lot of his stuff, you're like, there's a lot of stuff that reappears almost verbatim, like just copied and pasted from one thing to the other, but it never feels like it was cheap or lazy. It's more like, well, maybe this would work here better, as my sense of it. Well, I think this one, he stuffed in as much, as many ideas as he could, as many themes, just because he could. He's got like, you know, because of the theme. And it's comic books, so like, you can bend it as many ways. But also, he wasn't established. Then, like he, when he, he went, wasn't famous. I was like, "Get your shit out now, because you never might might not get to say it again." Yeah, exactly. And then I think to your point, like you know, those themes that seemed good, or he could, you know, expand a little more. He like went and did things like American Gods and you know Nancy Boys. Like he did pick on the the, the ideas that seemed to have more traction, and, and and he could play a little more with. But you're right. I think they all kind of source back to this pool of ideas that he he has. Just kind of ruminates on them, and then like when he has an idea, you know, he can build it out more. Then it's another book. I, I don't. I don't say it as a criticism because I I've never. I don't think there's anything I've read by Neil Gaiman that I didn't enjoy. I just noticed that there's a lot of stuff that reappears in you know modified form. Yeah. And I don't think it's accidental, but I also don't think it's carelessness or just looking to cash in. I think he's just like a fucking weird dude. He's like, let me try that here. That I will so I still want to find out what happens next. Like, I'm still interested. But this volume, I really don't know what was going on or what the point was. Or, like, why was it called the dollhouse? Like, at the, the doll's end, house. the girl, the, the woman who was in the um, coma gives Rose her dollhouse, which I'm sure is important. Yeah, yes, she does, gives her the doll. But why was that the name of the whole volume? Because they were named that from the beginning. I don't I don't have no idea. Like, but I'm sure it has well, something the, to do with the The Florida dolls. house looks like the dollhouse that she gets from her grandmother. And at the beginning, when you first see it, Morpheus is in the window of the dollhouse watching them. Also a dollhouse. Yeah, but was that that important? For it to be, like, named after all well, of Well, they mention, like, stuff at the end where he's talking about, like, they're dolls and they're all just like being toyed with and like the, the gods are like playing with them or some shit. Okay. Maybe like I said, I really didn't know. And so yeah, I, have no idea. I guess I assume it will mean it'll become more evident later, but for the time being, I, uh, I couldn't tell you. I mean the first, the first volume, it was the story was like first introducing stuff and then it's Morpheus sort of escaping and then getting his like stuff back. And that was like the point. That was like the him, in, you know, introducing the whole thing. He was like, oh, okay, there's a point to this. Whereas this volume, I was like, what was the point of this? He's getting know. the dreams back. He's tidying up after his uh, reign has been interrupted. He's putting his house back in order. His dollhouse. His <laughs> the dolls. dolls' house. Nope. Oh. But, I, but I think really, though, the dollhouse thing, like, the dreams have all been pretending to be people. And they're playing, right? And... That's what you do with a fucking dollhouse. And there's also a speech at okay. some point of the dollhouse. Like they, they talk about it. 
I think you said it before. Morpheus gives his speech at the end. He said, "Yeah, that's what I'm looking for the, the quote there dolls, at the end." If you will. Oh, okay. He's, when he's talking to Desire, we are their toys, their dolls, if you will, is what he says. Oh yeah, there you go. I see it. And where do dolls live, Nate? In a toy store, Florida. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Okay, so I see that there are ways it connects. I just feel like there isn't a, like, really, like, hit you over the head. That's I mean, why that, it's called. That's not always the case. Ever do that. I, I guess. He wants to make that easy. There's a lot of books where the title is not, like, super obvious why it's called that. But I feel like this would. Anyway, I, it's okay with me. I'm not, like... Oh, this sucks because I because <laughs> I don't feel like that fits entirely. But that's just also my opinion, man. And who cares about that? <laughs> but um, anyway, I still like 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 the said like I was saying. I just feel like I got it even less or more. Like it was definitely more weird. I, I got it even less, but I'm still interested in finding out what's next. So I would I would definitely read more. There's more. There's a lot more. It stays How many weird is it? for it's about seventy five issues all They're in. 10. I think. Yeah, they're bundled into 10 chapters or 10 books. Okay. And then afterwards, like years later, he created some, uh, another storyline called Overture, which is things that happened before Preludes and Nocturne. And that helps explain the, the, the Nada story even further. So you get a different version of it there. Um, and then there's another set that came that happens after this big story arc. So there's, he's built up this world a lot. Well, who knows if this uh, show is popular and they put out the Audible thing and he he may return to it and add more. You know, he's he, he's apparently he writing the American Gods, yeah. too. You know, he's... Well, he added God stuff to the American Gods TV show. So he built that one up as well. Like There are characters and, and chapters that, that didn't happen in the book that he added to the show. So he might do the same thing here. Cause he's it's kind of like the, the George Lucas quote. Where he's like, your film was never finished, it's just abandoned, right? Like you could always keep working on it. That Neil Gaiman's like, Yeah. This like this is his big thing as far as the nerds are concerned. And so see, somebody should have told George Lucas, no, stop. Disney did. <laughs> so <laughs> like, we please. bought it, it's done now. <laughs> We're gonna make a bunch of shitty okay, shows. You're gonna, use, you're gonna use all of my ideas, right? Yes, absolutely, George. Everything's midichlorians, don't worry. And um so I feel like Neil Gaiman, you know, like lives in this world sometimes because he's a fucking weird guy. I bet he thinks he lives in this world. I think he dresses like this, like yeah, he does. Uh, Morpheus. I think he's all black. He's got all the same I said in the last episode, like this mm-hmm. is clearly who he wishes he was. This is this is the version of Neil Gaiman that he wants to show to his childhood bullies. Sure, authors do that. How we do it? Right. It's my fucking story. Your dick. I'm going to make myself look cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I do want to see more. I, I, I don't know. Are we going to do the next one? We'll see how popular this episode is, I guess. Yeah, I would. Uh, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Thanks again to Superfan Eli for joining us and uh, telling us how things were back in the olden times. And if you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub or just help us out by leaving a review wherever you're listening. Just add one star for every time in this book. You want, huh? And that'll get you to five easily. <laughs> by page six. 
And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.